Hey, everybody, and welcome to Breaking the Wall podcast. I'm so excited to have my good friend, Belle Jessen, on the show today. Belle and I actually go back about a decade now. We met at the River North Summer Intensive back in like 2013. Uh, And then later, when we finished college, we both started our careers together at Visceral Dance Chicago. So she was really one of my first friends when I moved to Chicago. She knew me in the days when I was had all my stuff packed in my little mercury sable when I was sleeping on futons, um, really trying to make it work. And in this episode, we really dive into those early days, um, the struggles that go along with that. And then also why I wanted to have Belle on the show is that she's so great about knowing when to pivot and also knowing that everything's going to work out even when you have to start over. So she did the Chicago thing. She moved to LA, back to Chicago. She's not afraid of that change. And she knows even with little resources, you can really make things work. So I'm excited for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And I will see you on the other side. Well, hey, Belle. Welcome to Breaking the Wall podcast. I'm so excited that you're on here today. I'm so excited to be here. Where You're in Chicago, which is the place where we met. Where And actually, I was getting ready for this uh, interview, and I was really excited because you. I told you I'm doing this like 31-day, uh, not Instagram, podcasting challenge, where basically new things all the time. And one person I asked um about what I should do, who I should talk to, what topics or questions. They said I should in interview more people that were there at my beginning. Right. So not only family, but like you when I moved to Chicago right after college, you were literally my first friend that I had there. So I think mm-hmm. it's really exciting that we get kind of a chance to like go back and talk about that time. Like do you remember a lot of that time at all? I do remember a lot of it. I mean, it was all so fresh and like we were just fresh out the oven of college and like being in our first adult years, that was like, you know, very eye opening. And I think also we had like a, an interesting experience, like very, very like fortunate experience, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm still here in Chicago. We've left and we've come back, but um yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on here as well. You're so good about kind of going to the next thing when you feel like you have that calling. So when you're like, you know what, I think I did what I was supposed to do here right now. I can always come back, but let me go and try this, which I think so many people are not good at, frankly, or mm-hmm. afraid to do. Um, so I'd love to dive into that, but maybe we could just start, just give us a little rundown of your career so far. I mean, up to this point, you've danced for, of course, together, you and I at Visceral Dance Chicago, but you've danced for people like Katy Perry, you've danced for people like Dua Lipa, Charlie XCX, uh, Troy Sivan, Banks, Moby, like all these massive names out in L.A., Um, but I know you do your own projects as well, but give us a little rundown of what that journey has been like for you. For sure. Um, I guess starting like out of or into our professional life, I finished three and a half years at Point Park. Um, I finished December, 2014. And then once I was done, I moved back home to Chicago. I'm from Elgin, uh, about an hour West of the city. And I joined the visceral work study program and was just super involved with like the Chicago community. Um, just kind of like was my main, my main place. Um, and then we danced together for a year on the company. And then I ended up moving to LA, uh, was September, 2016. And I was there for four years and, 
you know, always had this mindset of being on a company. And I think I like, I got that with Visceral and was like, so, so inspired by that lifestyle and just like being in the room with people every day or, you know, the room with the same people every day and having class and being a part of rehearsal processes and going to theaters and all of that. Um, And then when I was apprenticing and when that didn't work out, I was like, I I need to go. I think I need to leave Chicago. It also was like a very comfortable city for me because I very much grew up in the River North, which is where we originally met doing our summer intensives back in the day. If listeners even know what River North is, it's like the most one of the most iconic dance companies to exist. I think. Yeah, it's it's still on my resume under workshops and yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I feel like I always thought of my life to be in Chicago and be on companies and like was just so invested and kind of like tunnel vision into that. But when that didn't work out, I was like, okay, I got to go. I got to like do something else, be in a different city and decided upon LA. It was, I think within like a week that I decided I just booked a one-way ticket and I was in Owen's apartment and I was like, I think I'm just going to go. And had like had like four thousand dollars and knew maybe like seven people that I could be like, hey, like let's let's get lunch or like let's um, you know, can I can I crash on your couch, sort of thing. Um, but moved out there and really just started taking classes that I was inspired by. I wasn't in a lot of classes that were like super camera focused which is kind of like a big misconception I feel like of that scene because you know you think of LA and you think of Millennium and these big studios um but yeah I was taking a lot of class and just networking and ended up getting into work that I never thought that I would get into I like originally moved out there to work with eight nine dance company Cheryl Mann oh yeah yeah, yeah that's right one of our like um, great mentors moved out there and she was the artistic associate at the time. And so I was like really involved in that world and wanted to be on that company. And then I realized that I don't think that company or company life in general was for me. I liked more of the project, more of the project pop-up sort of work. Um, and then, yeah, I just found myself like working for pop stars. It just kind of happened. And I like, I didn't move out there being like, I want to be like with Dua Lipa. Like she wasn't even a thing yet. Um, yeah, I just was like, let me, let me take class. Let me just like go towards the energy of people that I'm inspired by. And so I was there for four years um, mostly working like music videos, TV film, um, some live performances. And then um, COVID happened 2020. I moved back home to Chicago and really got involved in teaching, kind of been teaching my whole life. My mom owned a studio. So I started when I was like 15. But since I've been back here, teaching has been like my main, my main thing for dance. Um, teaching and coaching kids up in the North Shore um, and in the city and um, mainly like making my own projects, which has been really rewarding just to kind of be on that like director choreographer side. Um, and yeah, we've been here for almost four years. Yeah. And I, I've seen uh, your most recent video, which is great and just reminded me of how much uh, how incredible Chicago is for making like so much space, so much talent, um, and almost an affordability. Maybe it's different for you, but. No, truly. And I think like, because I've had moments of being back here, it's always been like my grounded, like find your creative voice. It is a lot, um, you know, it is less expensive than New York and LA, not to say that it is cheap to live here. It's definitely increasing, but you just kind of have like, a safer, I don't want to say less competitive because it still is pretty busy with dance, but um, yeah, there's just something about it where you can really like find your like artistic voice and tunnel in on that, which has been my main thing since being here. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, when I left, it was, 
a challenge because I love that community so much. And it was such a tight knit group. And I remember just, you know, you talked about earlier this idea of you were investing a lot when you first moved in to like the community, the people, all of that, because that's really what that city calls for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's very much a we rely on each other ecosystem um, of a dance world. Definitely. And I think what's different about Chicago is that it is like you're either in the companies um, or you're involved at like the dance centers, like RIP Lucantis, but that was a big mm-hmm. dance club for people to take class. Now it's mostly visceral um, and puzzle box, which is more of like a commercial hip hop sort of studio. Um, and then there's a big theater scene here too. Like yeah. theaters yeah. out in the suburbs. So there's just like little little hubs for dance, um, which is which is cool. Like you just feel like you can go to a studio and see the same people almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I actually am happy we you kind of have this full circle of Chicago life because I do want to like go back a little bit and talk about some of those earlier days if you really dive in a bit um because a lot of the dancers who listen to this podcast are newer to the career or aren't even out of school yet uh a lot of the questions i get are around this idea of should i start in an apprenticeship um and i would love to just kind of know your take as someone who kind of went through that process and you said it didn't work out for you the way that you were hoping could you talk a little bit about what those expectations were as well as just um your experience in that was that the right choice for you at the time what did it inform for sure um i was apprenticing with the comp with visceral and you know i was there monday through friday as long as everyone um, on the company was there and the expectation was just to know everything and everyone's steps. And, you know, I think it was a really good challenge for me because it, for one, like tested my, you know, my capabilities to like be on, on call or on like just ready on the sides to jump in at any time. But I feel like when you're fresh out of school Being a part of something, whatever it is, whether it's unpaid or not, is really important because I found my, you know, obviously we're still in touch, like my closest friends and the community and just like the network of people within that environment and not just like company members, just like the ballet mistresses, the people that taught company class, the people that would come in and do, um, you know, set rep on us or um, would just do like one day pop-ups. I feel like being a part of something when you're done is really important just so that you get like everyday class, everyday studio time, and that you are on a routine because you're used to coming from school, being in class every day or being in rehearsals. And when you're not in that anymore and you're not like told what to do or you're getting a grade and you have like X amount of absences left, like when you're kept to that expectation, it like it teaches you discipline and um, just like the professionalism thing, I think, too, like being around. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like every day I was so inspired to wake up and just like be in the studio taking classes with dancers that I admired. Like, and just to like stand at bar next to them, I remember like, just like pinching myself. And even though I wasn't like a part of like every piece, I was just like, I'm in this room. I'm so lucky to be going to the Harris and supporting these dancers and just like having that, um, having that on my resume and that experience. It's definitely hard to make finances work because it is a lot of unpaid work. But when you think about if you were to just be taking open class, I mean, classes like, you know, here it's like 20 bucks a class. So you're paying for that every day and you're not going to be able to pay for being a part of a rehearsal process 
even if you're on the side, like I learned so much. And like, even when they would come in, like I was still learning everything with everybody and like, you know, being, um, being in the room was just like really valuable. But, um, yeah, I think it's really good exposure to be a part of something. And even if it is, um, yeah, even if it's unpaid, I think still go for it, whatever is offered, like obviously make your pros and cons, but I think I was so inspired to be a part of a company that I was like, yes, like I'm doing this. Yeah. And I, I think there's something in there about being so inspired with just that work that you're kind of like, no matter where this ends, no matter what this ends with, at least I'll have this, even though I hope after this, this can turn into something that does give me money. Wouldn't that be nice or performance opportunities or something? Mm -hmm. At least it's giving me some time and space to connect with the thing I want to be doing or it puts me in this place. For sure. And, you know, we all had our side hustles at that time. And yeah, shout out Demos Pizza (laughs) for me. (laughs) Every time I drive by those, I'm always just like, wow. (laughs) Well, yeah. Every time I eat a slice of pizza now, I go, wow. (laughs) I'm just amazed back at the jobs. Oh my God. But like, I feel like that time when you're like 22, 23, fresh out of school, like you're going to have to figure your shit out, like no matter where you are. And, um, I mean, we were lucky to be a part of Chicago when it was a little cheaper to live here. Um, but (laughs) I mean, once again, when you're making no money, cheap is a little relative. I was just, like <laughs> rethinking that. I was like, wait, but we were, I, I wasn't getting paid. You were barely getting paid. I was like, after taxes, that, that check went by quickly. And I feel like there's such a misconception of like, and because the company was like making like dance spirit or not dance spirit, like dance magazine, top 25 to watch or whatever, because it was like in the lights, people thought that it was so glamorous mm. and like, I'm sure to this day, like, I mean, I still keep it on my resume. It's like a name to know, but people have these, like, these ideas that these companies that are bigger, that are these like amazing workplaces. And, you know, sometimes it can be hard financially, definitely mentally. Um, I mean, especially as an apprentice, um, or even just like, I know there's like internships and different training programs if you're not on the company, you have this like this mindset every day of like, am I good enough? And you're constantly comparing yourself to the dancers that are in the positions that you want to be in. And you're like, okay, what is it going to take for me to get there? Like, okay, maybe I really need to stretch my feet because this dancer has really nice feet or um, there's just so many factors. And I think that's also like mentally not really talked about within the apprenticeship life or just like being in that first year out and um, being a part of an opportunity that seems so grand. You're always like having kind of like a, uh, what's the word? Like even with the director, like, am I good enough? Am I going to get this job? Am I doing enough today that he's going to be like, oh, or he, she, whatever is going to be, hiring me yeah yeah it's a tough game and you know i love what you're talking about like the glamour of it i think the quicker you learn that lesson that we that we did early on of like everyone's just trying to make it work Mm -hmm. like we want to present in one way whether and we meaning a company a show whatever it is uh, that's what makes it exciting, right? For an audience to come see, because this is, they're, they're showing the best. We're always trying to show the best. And a lot of the times that's unlimited resources. So if you can learn early on, as I said, as we did that, like, how do you make it work with those limited resources? You're going to be better set up for the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was, I mean, I was teaching almost every night, like driving to the suburbs, teaching. Mm. Um, babysitting. Um, oh God, I don't even remember. It was just so many things. Didn't you work I, at that fish place also? <laughs> yes. I was hosting <laughs> yeah, like that's a right. restaurant. I also started like catering and was working these like 
it was like a, a country club in the North shore. So I would work like these weddings or like they're like bougie Sunday brunches for all these kids and like their families. And you just like, you made sacrifices in order to, and I feel like that's dance in general. Like you're not going to make as much money as like this, you know, really top notch sales job, but that's not why we're in it. Like you right. have to, you have to keep your heart first and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, like, I think as you kept going in your career, you might've started realizing your priorities changing a little bit more. You're like, okay, did that for a year. Now I would actually like to make some money. How am I going to do this? Um, and I think the move to LA was a big flex on your part. I don't think a lot of people after they have something that they've done for a while, something they've been investing a lot of time in. Um, and yes, of course, you said you were moving to LA to join uh, eight, nine, um, or like work towards that. Uh, but in your time in LA, you made this transition that you said, I guess I tried this now. Is that kind of how that happened? Yeah, yeah. So after um, I mean, to be completely transparent, after I didn't get a company spot, I was I was heartbroken. I was just like, is dance for me? I feel like, cause I did grow up in the Chicago community and had my eyes on visceral river North, even Hubbard street, Luna Negra back in the day. Like I was mm -hmm. like, I want this life. And I had a mentor growing up that slid right into that life really easy. So I was like, okay, I think it's possible. Um, and so when that didn't happen, I was like, am I supposed to dance? Am I, am, is there a place for me? Um, this is all I know. This city is all I know other than like point park. But even then, like our track at point park at the time was very much like you're going to company life or you're going to Broadway. There wasn't a lot of like, I had no idea of the commercial life. I really like was I had a teacher growing up that was L.A. jazz, Nikki Del Rey Messino, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> shout, shout out. Shout out. And she, I remember my senior year was like, you need to move to L.A. Like, that is your scene. Like, you would kill it, all of this. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about that. But once I was done with um, Visceral and Chicago, I did this intensive with the Barton sisters, Axis Connect. Um, that was a week in New York and a week in LA. And I was super inspired by both of the, the weeks after the New York week. I was like, okay, I'm moving to New York. I want to be here. And then after the LA week, I was like, wait, I think I like this place better. There's sun, there's palm trees. And like, I don't know. I, I clicked with this, um, this director choreographer, sorry, there's a siren. <laughs> oh, we can't hear it, but I, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in New York also though. So everything, yeah, okay. we got the cityscape. The but, listeners um, are used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're used to the sirens, but, um, yeah, I really connected with this, um, woman, her name is Sarah Elgart, who super plugged. She used to choreograph for like Mickey Mouse club, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears times, like back in the day, met her at Axis and just had a really honest conversation with her. Um, after knowing her for like two hours after her classes, I was like, this is where I'm at do you have any advice? She's like, I think you should move here if you're really feeling it. I think like there's a calling for your type of dancers. You just don't know it yet. Mm. And so I kind of listened to that. And then um, really that intensive connected me with one of my closest friends. Her name's Carissa Crager. She's mm -hmm. just like doing all of the things. Um, like I can't even start to list. She's just like so plugged and like is my closest friend um, and met a really strong community of dancers and choreographers out through Axis. Not only the people that taught at the intensive, but the people that came to the show, they were really smart with who they invited to our like end of the week performance and just like networked and just felt like, I was like, okay, like I'm feeling really good energy from these people and think I could do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, then I just, like I said, moved with $4,000, which was gone in like too fast. <laughs> the <laughs> first day. Uh-huh. Like, because you move and you're like, okay, I got to go to shows. I got to go to class. I got to like 
for one eat and then like I moved in with some friends but then like we found an apartment so you know security deposit rent it just goes by quick and the west coast moves slow so I applied to so many jobs and like never heard back like there's it's just a different it's a different pace of life out there but um yeah I think it was just like a calling um and it was really unique to live in sun every day that I was like (laughs) I could do that you're like the adjustment was the weather it was so tough to figure out how sun I really yeah I really was like wow and like waking up there every day I just was like it was a dream like you wake up and you pass like you know Hollywood Capitol Records and all of like the 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 movie lots and you're just like I live here and I'm sure it was the same way for you and those people listening that moved to New York or moved to this like big dreamy city. Yeah. I mean, it was that way when I moved to Chicago as well. I think it's always whenever you move to those new places, you're like, okay, this is where, where I, it's a very exciting time. And then reality sits in that. Well, for me, when my thousand dollars ran out from moving to uh, New York and Chicago really quickly, I said, huh. <laughs> well, we, what are we good for now? <laughs> Where's our well, money? Yeah, but it's kind of one of those things where maybe I think you agree that's you kind of just have to go with what you got. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have enough connections. You said you knew seven people about when you moved to LA. You're never going to have uh, everything's not going to lay out. But what you do so well is you just kind of go. You know, you just kind of go. And um, what was you know, so many people, I think, start once they do one thing, they go, it's this or nothing. Right. So it's either um, I'm doing the co- contemporary company life. And if I hate it, then dance is done for me. Yeah. And I feel like what's really important to hear for, um, you know, the audience that listens in on this podcast is that you can have this really tunnel vision trajectory of the career that you want for me it was company life specifically in Chicago and you can be so tunneled in and that may not work out but that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for you Mm. and that doesn't mean that like better opportunities or more um just more opportunities that are aligned with you and like that you just never expected so I feel like so many dancers, especially like fresh out of school or even in school are like, they just want like the status. They want the status of the cool school or like Mm. the um, in their bio. And like, that really doesn't mean anything. I feel like I can't stress that enough. Like I didn't move to LA with an agent. I didn't get one until a year later. And you know, I didn't really found, find that I booked a lot of work through them, any work at all, actually. I don't think I did. <laughs> um, submissions, for sure, is definitely helpful. But um, but if you're not booking but with it, them. Yeah, and yeah. I think what it comes down to is, like, knowing the people that are working the jobs. Like, majority of the jobs I worked was direct book. Yeah. Well, actually, tell me about that. I know you had... Uh, an experience in that Katy Perry music video that wasn't through an agent, right? No. So I, um, I connected with Jillian Myers through Axis. She was working with Peter Chu, um, during the intensive. And I, I took like a monsters of contemporary workshop with her back in like 2009. And like, that was kind of like my plug of like introducing myself to her. I was like, hi, I didn't know what to say, but I feel like, you know, you always want to have some sort of like line of like connection, whether it's like a person or a class or something that's kind of like, like your segue. But anyway, she worked with, she works with, um, two collaborators, Megan Lawson and Dana Wilson. They're the seaweed sisters. And, um, once Axis was done, I like was taking Jillian's class and found Megan Lawson, who I like was just so, so inspired by. Um, and she, I unexpectedly found out that she's like 
Madonna's choreographer, like has just done so much, but then also like choreographs for these incredible European companies. And that was kind of when I realized like, okay, I'm following these people that are inspiring kind of on the same like artistry level as me. Um, and then they sort of led to those jobs. But anyway, I was taking her class a lot, Megan's class. Um, and it was probably about a year. So I moved in September, 2016, found her probably like December, January, February time. It was like a couple months and was taking her class pretty regularly. And then like was showing face at like every single show that she was in, um, or even like a show of someone else's. And I would see her there, like just always like making conversation with these people. And there was a class. I remember it was Halloween and I was just like, I guess I had some guts and was like, hey, listen, I would love to work with you. You are so inspiring to me. Um, I don't have representation. I try and like sneak into these rooms when my roommate tells me about jobs that are happening. But if there's any opportunities that you're working on, I would love to just be in the room or be a part of this Um and then she was like, oh, I have an audition tomorrow morning. It's for this music video. I had no idea that it was connected to an artist. I had never done a music video audition or like it was a casting. And this was like really my first experience doing that. Um, and so I went, I showed up um, when they asked, like, because when you go to one of these castings, it's usually in like a very small room. Um, and they make you sign in and put your agent's name. And I just left that blank because I wasn't represented by anybody at the time. And so went in and this was for a dancer role for the music video. And I remember this is when I had bangs was a time. <laughs> Shout out. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so I, I did like my bangs all cute. My wore my hair down, everything. And the the role was or the dancer was like, or what they wanted us to do was just like, you're dancing at a party. So it was improv. So I just danced like I was like, you know, really excited showing my expression. And meanwhile, it's like a camera, like three people behind the camera. And then the room is like, probably like half the size of the room that you're in. Like, it's okay, it's small. So yeah, it's small. And then the lights are right there. So like, you got a party in, in a tight place. And so I did it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like I've never done an audition or a casting like this. And then I next day get a call and I still have this voicemail. That's how, that's how cheesy I am. Did he stop? Sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I, that I booked it and it was for, um, Katy Perry's Hey, Hey, Hey music video. Wow. Um, and I ended up. So they ended up using the dancers that were touring with her at the time for like the dancer roles. So I was actually hired as an actress <laughs> and my role was the drunk at the party. <laughs> so <and laughs> they so, literally watched you audition and said, yeah, we know where she goes. Yeah, it was like, it, yeah, it was like very unexpected. Um, And so, yeah, that was. I mean, this, yeah, this was like my first industry job. They, it was two day shoot. Um, we had a fitting where we had to go to Capitol records and like, we were on like the 10th floor and there's all of these like costumes. It was like Renaissance themed, um, video. So there was all these costumes and wigs. And I remember Katie walked in the room while I was like getting dressed and she looked at me and she's like, let's go. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And then so cool. Yeah. And it was two, yeah, two day shoot. They they had you park at like some mansion in the hills, and then they take you to a take you on a shuttle. Like you didn't know where you were going. They didn't give you any details. They took your phone. They made you sign an NDA. Everything was hush hush. Um, and so you're on set for like twelve hours without a phone, just like taking it in. Um, and 
yeah, I just kind of like went full out for Katie. Um, if any <laughs> listeners watch the video, I'm like, <laughs> go. We'll have to put it. We'll have to put it in the show notes because it is a performance. And I said, Belle, <laughs> you better be actress number one. Drunk I, party girl, <laughs> actress one. It is good. Yeah, it it was a really cool experience. But um, after during that, I mean, it was kind of a blessing that you don't have your phone because you are like you know, just around all these people. And I met, um, I met a lot of people that I then took their classes, like Matt Katie, um, who works with Meg a lot. Um, and once I did that video, I asked Meg if she could connect me with someone from MSA. Mm. So that's how I got in with, um, with my first agent. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of, the thing, right? I think we talk, it works a, sim- a similar way in New York. You kind of have to have work for them to do. Exactly. Right? It's like, I need help now. Exactly. And that was like, because I had met with GoTo Talent. My roommate at the time was with them and she connected me and they were like, well, how long have you been here? Like, what have you done? And I was like, oh, I just got here. Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I've been taking like, this class. I'm like, full what? of enthusiasm. Exactly. Like <laughs> a resume of... full of possibility. A possibility. Potential. <laughs> Potential. Potential and heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I stress all the time, like with these young dancers that are like, oh, once I have the agent, I'm in. Like, yes, you're going to hear about these submissions and these castings and but like the cast, the casting directors or even the choreographers, they're not going to bring a random person they've never worked with on these jobs. Right. They have to have a relationship, especially for a job that's like a high stakes TV job with a time limit and like a big budget where there can't be any mistakes on set. Like you have to be so trustworthy. Um. But Sorry, it's my turn to be have the car alarms, the car <laughs> horns. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, I I am curious though. Like, did you feel after that moment? Did it feel more like a ball rolling down a hill? Like, did it kind of start picking up after then? Did you get some momentum, or did where you're like, okay, that's one. Now we go back. Okay, got another one. Now we go down. What was it like yeah, for you? I I mean, you definitely feel the waves, and I was like, we first experienced on the company, like being in the studio every day, always having class and rehearsals and stuff. So you really have to create your own schedule. Um, and once I booked that, I definitely was like, okay, this is possible. Like, I think I want to work like more in this, this kind of, uh, this part of the field, especially cause like the amount of money I made in that one day. And I like was used for maybe like, you know, an hour, two hours total. Like I'm not in the video very much. Um, but I was like, okay, like commercial, like you can make some money doing this. Like <laughs> you're like, like, my priorities are clear right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. And I mean, um, a lot of my friends were working in the industry that like, you know, were telling me like, this is, this is all possible, but I definitely feel like once I worked that, I, um, I definitely gained some momentum and just continued to like take the classes, um, and go to the shows. And then I was working with, a, I'm trying to think how I got connected with her name's Erin Murray. She's a director out there. Um, I think I got connected with her through a Point Park alum, Annalie trailer that we did a piece together for the show. And then Erin started asking me to be a part of her project. She did a film, um, like a passion project film of her own and then that kind of really took off. She got a lot of publicity and exposure from that. And she she direct booked me for the Charlie XCX Tori Savon video, which was really cool. Um, and then through that, like I just the more work that I did, I feel like I met people that were like, oh, I need this. I need this kind of dancer for this or whatever. Are mm. you free? Can you be a part of this? Um and because it's easier right they don't have to hold an audition they don't have to uh you know they don't have to find anyone because they're already working in their their group right exactly and it's like even if you just have like one um one like point of connection with that person like 
um, I have a friend, Sarah Prince, who works out in LA. She does a lot of cool stuff. She's from Chicago. I actually met her through Anna Long. Shout uh-huh. out. Um, <laughs> this is just this whole podcast is us just like naming people they, that we know. I'm like, hi, Owen. I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I made him move and join me out west. I was like, you're coming. I'll see you soon. And then you guys drove out. That um, was such a fun and long road trip. Yeah. I gotta have him on the podcast just to talk yes. about that trip. <laughs> His back spasming. The halfway through j- day one, actually. We got to Ohio and he goes, my back is in spasm. I'm like, there's miles to go, my friend. <laughs> like we are sitting for a long time. I'm like, you got a lot. You got a lot of sitting to do. Uh, but anyway, I met Sarah through on along here in Chicago. She Sarah moved out to L.A. like a couple months before me. I like did some projects with her. And then it was like all of these like little webs of people just slowly started like leading to opportunities and it's all about timing with those opportunities for it, sure. it really is and it's like not i think maybe even not like expecting them you don't even know what they're going to turn into right they're literally like i don't know what it because they don't know either no they're like they're waiting for the call just like you are for the exactly. most exactly i think one of the craziest stories that i experience was I was working for this um, company out there called Heidi Duckler Dance Theater, and they do a lot of education for um, different high schools and middle schools around LA. And at the time it was being ran by Tuggy Barcelo. And she was kind of like Dua Lipa's like first choreographer um, with this guy, Marvin Brown. So she did like the, um, the new rules video with like the mm-hmm. hair and all that. And I ended up getting together with her to talk about teaching. I was just like, I'm really inspired by you as a teacher. I would love to just like get together and talk about like the the teaching that we were doing with Heidi Duckler. And we're sitting in her apartment and she's casting for the Billboard Awards for Dua and The Voice for Dua. I see her laptop open and I'm like, like she doesn't. Like, we didn't talk about it, but I saw it and I was like, Belle, you need to speak up. And like I commented on your picture the other day, Cheryl Mann always says, close mouths, don't get fed. And I literally live by that. And I like looked at her. I was like, I don't even remember how I said it, but probably like, what's going on over there? (laughs) Hey, not to eavesdrop, but my eyes saw Dua's name and (laughs) all these shows. (laughs) yeah well it was just like her laptop was open on all these pictures it was like the casting networks and she's like oh i'm like casting two different uh jobs right now and i was like if i'm i just was like well if i'm a fit for either of them like i would love to work with you and and she was like okay um i'll definitely keep that in mind the next day i get an email and she's like you're booked for the voice with dua and i was like (laughs) what (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, I think a lot of dancers have a lot of fear. The dancers I work with, um, especially the newer dancers to the world, I think they really struggle with putting themselves out there like that just because they don't want to come off as needy. They don't want to come off as like desperate. Um, But, you know, I think when it's like, I think when you can present with an energy of either way, we're good. Mm hmm. It might work out. Worst case scenario, nothing happens. Right. Best case scenario, all of a sudden you're on the voice of Dua Lipa. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I definitely had moments of like, is this desperate? And there was times where I did say this to a couple choreographers where I was like, you approach that in a wrong way. Like you should mm-hmm. not have said that at that time. This was not the right time. Like, um, but then I think it worked out. Whereas like, if you show interest and you're like, I really am inspired by you and I love learning from you. And you just have a really genuine and honest like um, way of going about it. I think that, I mean, that's that's majority of how I got my work was just speaking up. And I think moving there, I realized like, shit, I'm in a big city. And I I feel like I was coming from a place of like, I don't know, I don't know, because of like 
my time in Chicago and just like not feeling like I fit in in the commercial scene um, that I just was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose and I'm showing face. I feel like I'm being supportive. I was also really supportive at like all of their events. Like I built up some rapport with them before I like ever like said that. So I think that's really important to like make sure that you're like you're showing face and this person knows who you are and like could could hire you that that quickly because they've seen you dance. They've seen you um they've seen you work or they just know you from the circle of people that you're in. Yeah. I mean you're you've technically casually been auditioning the whole time. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just like how you have a conversation with someone can be like because people want to work with people that are easy to talk to and that it's an exchange. Like I'm inspired by you, you're inspired by me. Um, and that you're gonna be easy and professional to work with on a set or yeah. show. Yeah. And you know, Belle, I do I do wanna keep you for just a few more minutes. Um, but one of the things I was wondering, you know, as a New York, as someone who's on the New York side um and someone who also like moved from chicago and like you know things are never what you expect them to be in your career i once again i tell this to the dancers i coach all the time i'm like what you think you want is great and you might want that but no matter what it's going to look different on the other side and i was wondering if when you moved to la probably more specifically because that's not a world i'm as familiar with was there anything that really surprised you about that environment or something that um you really enjoyed that you didn't think you would something along those lines yeah i think the community was really surprising mm. for me um i wasn't in um or i guess i kind of like went around to almost all the studios but i was in like the movement lifestyle community and the sweat spot ryan heffington a lot um and What's really unique about the sweat spot is that majority of people that take class there or did RIP, they um they come from like all walks of life. Mm. And everyone is just there because they love dance. And that was like it wasn't this energy of like, I gotta be in the front, like different than Playground Millennium. And you know, most of the classes like they don't allow filming, same with ML, at least at the time. And I think that was like really unexpected that just like the people and even just like the type of movement that I was used to doing very like, you know, contemporary concerty crunch sort of stuff. The crunch granola, granola life. Yeah. That like that world existed out there. I just Mm. didn't know about it. Um, And so, yeah, I would say like, I just, yeah, I just like really fell in love with the community. And of course, when I like convinced our good friend Owen Scarlett to move out there, like we were creating stuff um, because there's not always like we talk about like the waves. There's not always stuff happening, especially with commercial work. The longest job I worked was Zoe's playlist. And that was four days. Wow. Very quick. Um, So you have to keep creating stuff on the side. And with the community, like everyone's kind of putting on their own shows or their own films and stuff. So it's, it's definitely grounded when you find your right, your right place. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I would love to leave it with this question, but as someone who was so, I I think your word was like pinpointed or focused in on one career path, you said, I wanted to be this type of dancer. Um, and you pivoted so much, you started over again and um, onward and upward. I mean, like we're almost at 10 years of our like post-college career, right? Oh my God. It goes by so fast. It really does. Um, but I mean, what would you even tell yourself at that time? Like if you were, even if you started now, so knowing that we're in these post-pandemic times, knowing we're in, um, you know, what the landscape looks like, what the possibilities are. Uh, what was some advice that you would give yourself if you were starting right now? I would say that 
like every day is like a gift to be a dancer or to be an artist and mm. being able to take a class, being able to just be at an audition or see a show, like every single part of the career, even if you're not getting paid or you're with a pop star on this big Broadway stage, like you're still going forward and you're still investing yourself. And I feel like like when you're young and you're fresh out, you're like, oh, I just want to be doing these big things. But even just taking a class or even listening to a podcast is like getting you steps further and like educating your, yes. (laughs) Um, And just like educating yourself. So I feel like just commit, commending yourself to do like for doing that um, as much as you do um, is yeah. A really good reminder. Yeah, it's like it's for I think for me and what was sparked for me when you're saying that is I'm like, what's the alternative, right? Mm-hmm. We can go and do something else whenever we want, right? We can go and get that sales job. We can go and get that other thing. Um, yeah. But if you want to stay in it, stay in it. Mm-hmm. Right? How, how gonna, great is it to be? Yeah, in it? yeah. we're all going to have those like side hustle jobs. Like I've worked my fair share. I mean, I took like two years off of dance and was a real estate agent. and coming back to dance like made it even more precious and Mm. like made me realize like this is where I'm meant to be and meant to coach and like you know mentor kids or just like put my work out there um so like having those little things on the side to like keep the spark in dance I think is really important too yeah and then you can just watch it accumulate over time yeah it's like you've been it eventually you're just in it long enough that you're like this is this is just how it goes. This is it. Yeah, this is where I'm meant to be for sure. Oh, that's amazing, Belle. Well, thank you for making some time. You are my first interview of my 31 day podcast challenge. Yeah. And what a way to start. I'm so excited. To, I was so excited to have you on and kind of like debrief on these last eight years. Question mark. <laughs> I know. But where can uh, the people connect with you? Where can they find you? What are your socials? Can they reach out with questions if they got them for you? Yeah, for sure. I'm on Instagram at Jessen is my handle. And of course, I'm an open book. I always say that um, for, you know, anyone and everyone, like even the young biddies, like whoever's listening, like even if you have like a technical question or a career question, like I love to. I love to be helpful. Yeah, Bella is amazing and probably the one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in this <laughs> industry. So definitely take her up on that. But um, everyone, as you know, uh, you can find Bell's info in the show notes. You can also follow uh, this podcast on, at Breaking the Wall Podcast on Instagram. DM me at It's Brandon Coleman. Um, but all of you know that already. But thanks again, Bell, And I'll yeah. see you soon in real life, hopefully. Yes, for sure. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you.